So we are together. It is good to be here. Um, if it's your first time here, my name is Chase. Glad to be with you. And we are not in the middle of a sermon series, but I mean, it was a short, this is going to be a shorter sermon. And somebody asked a question, so I felt like I wanted to relive the You Asked For It series. Because <laughs> I just can't let it go. So, <laughs> um, and I was like, oh, that's going to be perfect for the 27th because it'll be shorter. So, uh, the, um, and they asked about purpose, which I thought, oh, that's, that's perfect for today. Purpose is perfect for today. So, because sometimes I feel a little extra... I entitled the sermon, Who Am I? What Am I Doing Here? And Does It Really Matter Anyway? (laughs) So um, we will be in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, and Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16. And um, I'm going to pray, and then we'll jump into it. So Lord God, uh, thank you that we get to be together. And Lord, there's a uniqueness to today in that we're doing a meeting after, but there is also a familiarity of today in that it's about you. Um, Our time is in worship and focusing our hearts, our minds, our energy, our body, our souls on you and one another, being together in it. God, we can focus on you all day, every day, and Lord, that is a part of who we are, but to do that together on a Sunday morning is a special thing, and so thank you. We pray your blessing as we dive into this um, time in Scripture and this sermon. Be glorified in it. Build up your body, Lord, um, and I surrender myself to that process, Lord, that you would be glorified in it, in Jesus' name, amen. Uh, So, there are, like, the conversation of purpose is not a new thing. Like, there are literally books written for days. Like, just on this next picture, like, this screen is, like, 21 books. Can you get that picture up for me? Like, 21 books about purpose, (laughs) Um, if you just Google books about purpose, <laughs> you'll see these kinds of images. They are literally like the world is overrun with books about purpose. And that's not on mistake. It's not just because they sell well. <laughs> um, they sell well because they are actually getting at something that is a nagging insecurity. I would honestly say for all of us. It's not just most of us. All of us humans have this nagging insecurity and this question of, am I important? Does my life matter? Am I special? And probably even more deep, am I worthy? Like when we think about purpose, it's not just what's my job. It's really kind of getting at What answers that nagging question if whether or not I'm important? And honestly, I'm kind of glad that we're all in the room together because this sermon is a little bit different and that it's kind of like 
less of a sermon, more of like a motivational talk. <laughs> I don't do those every, all the time. But actually, it's like, hey, we need to be motivated a little bit sometimes. That's all right. Um, and, the, and the truth is, the, this question nags us for most of our lives if we cannot answer the question, what's my purpose? So we'll talk through that, but I want to at least lay some foundation work first. There is an answer to the question, am I important? <laughs> there is an answer to the question. Scripture does not speak to your purpose. We'll talk about that in a minute, but it does answer this question for us, am I important? In Psalms chapter 139, verse 14, some of your Bibles will say, I praise you, Lord, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. This version says, thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous how well I know it. That's one of several verses that get to the heart of, do you matter? Like, it's this idea that God, the creator of all things, the one who made each star, knows that star's name, is aware of every single grain of sand, and the purpose it fulfills in creation, because most of us don't think about how each and every little grain of sand still fulfills a purpose. This same God that can see the smallest single-celled organism and also intimately aware of vast universes has made you wonderfully complex and knows you, knows each hair that fell out this year, <laughs> and each one that grew in. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so the answer to the question is you are important, right? Before we even start talking about purpose, you are important. Your life matters. You are vital. And you are good. That's a, that's a foundation thing. Here's the, here's the reason why that's foundational. If you don't know that, if you don't actually believe that, asking the question about your purpose doesn't matter. Because you don't have anything that's foundational to apply a purpose to if you don't believe that you are important and that you are vital. You won't even live it out if you don't think that you are important. That's why Scripture has these little moments of like, hey, let me make sure that you know you are somebody. <laughs> You're special. Because if you don't, you can spend years trying to narrow down your personal mission statement, you narrow it down and then you won't live it out because you won't believe it actually makes a difference. You are important. You are important. Your life matters. You are vital. You are good. Asterisk, we need you. I'm going to have a controversial moment that we're going to unpack in, for a, in a little bit. But it's okay for us to sit with the tension of the fact that God doesn't need you. 
God wants you. God chooses you. But God doesn't need you. However, we do. <laughs> I need you. We need each other. It's actually a part of the design. We are fundamentally interdependent upon one another. Without you, this doesn't work the way that it should. And you're like, well, then what's the, what does that mean? You're, well, okay, so if you decide to check out, we can trust the Lord will provide. I get that. If you decide I'm just not going to engage, then that's, yes, the Lord will provide. But we need you. So let's get to the verse that I want to actually kind of anchor this in. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. That's kind of where this idea of purpose as it relates to Scripture is rooted. I said already before that the, the Bible doesn't actually tell you what your purpose is. <laughs> There's nothing because you didn't exist <laughs> when it was written. I'm sorry. It would be nice for it to be like Paul was like, mm, Chase, I'm going to write you a little a note in the margins of this Bible so you know what you're supposed to do. And that's just not how this works. If you are trying to flip through so that you can figure out what your purpose is, I'm going to tell you right now, stop flipping through. That's not how this works. There is a big picture. Big picture from the Bible is humanity has a purpose. You have a role. Okay? Humanity has a purpose. You have a role. And this wouldn't be new for us here at Unison. We've talked about humanity's purpose before. Back in Genesis, really, right? Boil it all down, condense it, right? Humanity's purpose, take care of creation. <laughs> That's humanity's purpose. Take care of the earth. That's why the Lord has given us authority here, given us the ability to care for it and have a shared responsibility of doing so. You do not have, quote, unquote, a purpose in and of yourself. However, humanity has a purpose and you have a role in that. That's kind of the best way to think about purpose, our individual purposes in Scripture. I know the 21 books up there would like to try to sell us something different. <laughs> and there is truth to, you should sit for a little bit and process, what's my role? Because without your role, there's something missing. Without what you bring to the puzzle, something's missing. And humanity has to struggle a little bit more to take care of the earth if you are just not engaged. Humanity has a purpose. You have a role. And this is where it gets motivational. <laughs> I did not come up with this, and I wish I could tell you who did, right? But for those of us who have, we have not landed on what's my role and what do I bring to humanity and bring to the earth, I want you to look at this acrostic called design, 
right? I did not come up with this. I can't tell you who it is. I want to give the guy credit. I cannot find who came up with it, but it has, I've, I've used this for years to just help people through that conversation. Design. What am I designed to do to bring to humanity, right? It's an acrostic. Stands for drive, experience, spirituality, impact, genius, which some of y'all are like, ah, I feel uncomfortable with that. We'll get there. Genius and nature. Let's look at the first one, drive. So you could ask yourself these kinds of questions. What motivates you? Right, like what actually, get, what would make you want to get up in the morning? <laughs> which for some people is not the same thing. I know people. I know people for whom interior design, whoo, it motivates them. They walk into a room and like, these colors, huh, what are we doing? And I walk into the room and it's like, all right, where's the chair? <laughs> Doesn't motivate me. I'm like, listen, whatever. If it all could be black and white, I'd be fine. No, <laughs> but some of you are like, what did he just say? What motivates you? Here's another question. What angers you? And I don't necessarily mean like the person that cut you off on the highway or was, or was driving too slow when you were late for work, because that's a different thing. But like there are things, like when, when you hear something going on in media, like the news or on social media, and at the core of who you are, you just ticked off. <laughs> like, why is that even happening? Who does that? Why is that a thing? It may not necessarily mean that you are designed to solve the problem, but it does point to some deep values in you that shape how you are designed. It shapes how you are designed. Last one in this kind of drive, what grieves you? There are some things going on in our world that literally should grieve us, but they won't grieve us all the same. There are people who grieve the idea that children fall farther and farther behind in academic progression. There are people who grieve when they drive by and see weeds <laughs> in the church lawn. We need you. <laughs> Plug. No. <laughs> if it grieves you, it might be your thing. <laughs> right? Don't just be sad. Get out and pull some. No. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right? That shouldn't be the only reason. That shouldn't be the only thing that determines what your purpose is, right? Because here's the truth. We have lots of motivations, and we have a lot of things that anger us. We have lots of things that grieve us, but it becomes the first thing, at least in this acrostic, that you should be thinking about if you're trying to figure out how am I plugged into humanity's overall purpose of caring for the world? What's my role in that? Here's the truth. Your role is not something that doesn't motivate you. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not saying your job is not something that I get it. Some of us have to make money, so we take jobs that don't motivate us. I get that. But I'm not talking about what you do to make money. 
I'm talking about what you do to be part of the overall work of humanity caring for the earth, which you might do on your free time, actually. (laughs) Some of our hobbies are exactly what God has designed us for. And we can't make money doing it, but wow, the world is blessed by it. Right? Next one, experience. What joys slash pains have shaped you? Some of us like the idea of the joys one. So we start like looking back at all the jobs we liked and volunteer experiences we had. But the pains part is real too. Especially those of us who are what I call the people, are in the people building business. Like if we are teachers, pastors, counselors, most of what we do is actually comes out of being shaped by our own pains. Which... Side note, sad truth, most of us who have some of the hardest young lives, the most painful lives in our youth, tend to be the most impactful in lives as adults as we've surrendered that pain and allowed God to heal and make us whole through it. We have something to offer other people. I did a sermon some years back talking about that, like the pains that we have. If we allow the Holy Spirit to work in us and work through us, and we are diligent to work through them in counseling, it's like burying a seed, and we take care of that seed until it grows into a fruit-bearing tree that someone else can eat off of. I have some pains in my life that I call my pear tree. And I do not like going to that tree, but when somebody in my life has something that, oh, that feels very, very familiar to me, I get to take a pair off and give it to them. That kind of, that's, that's what I mean by pains, right? And I want to be clear in saying you should be working through (laughs) the wholeness to be able to do that. Don't be coming out here with your unprocessed pain trying to, because then basically it's just a contagion at that point. If, it's, if you're not whole yet, it's contagious. What have you been doing as long as you can remember? This is why it doesn't matter about your job. Okay, so my cousin, so a little random side note about me. I didn't, I didn't remember this, but my cousin, who was a couple years older than this, she like routinely reminds me, especially after becoming a pastor, like, you've always been a pastor. Like, what are you talking about? Like, we used to always play church, and you were always the pastor. And every time we would like do communion, you would be the one passing out the graham crackers and, and wick juice. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, really? Yes. And then I started remembering, like, I'm my action figures. I would like line them things up, and I would like talk to them. I'm like, I'm like, huh, interesting. That's what I mean. What have you been doing so, as long as you can remember? Some of you, what you bring to the earth is the ability to organize things. And at five years old, 
your clothes were color-coordinated in your closet. Wow. What that, that kind of experience. Think about that kind of thing. Next one, spirituality. How do you connect with God most naturally? So here's the thing. There's lots of ways to connect with God. And I actually think that it's important for us to mature in many different ways, right? Let's say the way that you connect with God most naturally is in musical worship. And so when the music is going, you are all the way in. Well, in your office, you might not be able to do that. <laughs> so you do have to be able to connect with God in other ways too. But when we're talking about design, how do you connect with God most naturally? Is it in nature? Some of you, the moment you get out of the city and you start smelling manure, the Lord God sits with you in your car. I'm just saying, maybe you're supposed to plant. <laughs> just like, what? Just like, that's not me. Listen. Some of us, <laughs> okay, a different kind of nature. You get in some water, and the Lord God is with you in the water. Okay. <laughs> right. uh, can you tell that's not me? <laughs> what feeds your soul? It's another question to ask yourself. What actually feeds you? Because there's some things that we will need to do to connect with God that actually drain us. And that's okay. But when we're talking about what do I bring to the world, here's the truth. If it has to do with how I'm designed to be a part of humanity, it will actually feed me while I feed others. That's a part of, that's one of the, the quickest ways for us to be able to say, yeah, that's not why I'm here. <laughs> if it doesn't actually feed you too, then maybe it's not why you're here. Doesn't mean it won't be work. It doesn't mean that you won't be tired, but you'll be tired on Monday and get up ready on Tuesday, excited about it. Next one, impact. In what way do you want to positively impact the world? Right, like God created us for these good works. Don't overthink it. Like. <laughs> It's not, I'm not saying like every single thing, like you have to sit down and ask the Lord, what is it that the good work that you've actually created me for, God, and I'm just going to sit here until you tell me, what do you want to do? Ask yourself that. Like, what do you want to leave when you're gone? I think one of the greatest ways that we can process for ourselves is that we're all going to leave something here. Will it be a mark or a stain? <laughs> right? When you leave your mark here, and what do you want that to be? Most of the time, if we're not thinking about it, we're leaving stains. What's the mark I want to leave? How do you want to leave the world better? Here's the, here's the uncomfortable one, but let me, just, let me just say it, genius. I think that he put that in there because he needed a G. But, <laughs> but I actually do think that it, it, it's relevant. And the way that he described it is what do you do successfully? 
What do you do regularly and what do you do joyfully? Because here's the thing, you have something that you bring, a genius that you have that I'm not saying it's like, you know, Albert Einstein. I think sometimes we relegate the word genius to people who have IQs that are off the charts. And that's not what this means. It is, what do you, every time you touch it, it flourishes. That might not even be something that is huge and spectacular. If you have a garden and you come up every single year with more tomatoes than you had the year before and you enjoy being in the dirt, that's the kind of genius I'm talking about. Right? When you are with someone and they come in discouraged and five minutes with you, they leave feeling better. That's what I'm talking about when I talk about genius. If you have the ability to help somebody understand something that most people can't wrap their heads around, that's what I'm talking about. Successfully, regularly, and joyfully. I would say the contraction between these is and. Because it's not successfully or regularly. If you do it every once in a while and you're good at it, I ain't saying that's genius. <laughs> right? If you do it regularly but you hate it every time, uh, <laughs> that ain't genius either. Okay, that's obligation. <laughs> um, but if you put an and between all of these, you're getting somewhere. And the last one, nature. What are characteristics of your personality? How do you show up in the world? This one, this whole bunch of personality tests. There's probably a personality test for every single book on purpose. <laughs> Find one, take it. <laughs> They're not that special. It's not the Holy Spirit. It just starts a conversation between you and the Lord and people around you, okay? But let's be real. If you are an incredibly, like, you love being in nature, I'm going to take a wild guess in saying that you're not designed for being at a cubicle. You know what I mean? Right? Like, if you're an extreme, like, introvert, it's probably not your bag to, like, plan a whole, like, 5K and, like, talk to everybody as they pass by. Like, it's probably not your jam. And that's okay. Right? What ends up happening is that we, if we don't process something like entirely like this, we end up only looking at one or the other. What am I good at? That means that's my purpose. Mm, not necessarily. You can be good at some things, and, but not actually vibe in terms of it being your personality type. So the beauty of this acrostic is that it allows you to kind of have some introspective thought about how am I created. When I start to do, when you start to do that kind of thing, you start honing in. I say like you actually create this filter that gets rid of a bunch of things that it's not. So then you start to thinking like, okay, maybe it's these one, two, or three things rather than the billion things it might be. Some of us never been encouraged to do anything like that before. Look at it. Because this last portion of Scripture is what I would love for us apply that, to apply that design to. It's in Matthew. 
chapter 5. You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. <clears throat> in the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see, so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. That's really what this is about. Us going through that acrostic and you processing what it is, is ultimately I have a role in humanity's purpose. When I live it out well, people around me will praise God. That's the thing that's dope. I have life, it's full, and God is glorified in a way that God is not if I'm just doing what I'm doing to make it by. Yeah, that's right. So, you get to have all that. If you want the slides, I'll send them to you. I want to pray, and then we'll actually transition. Father God, thank you that you have designed us uniquely. You have made us marvelously, wonderfully complex. And even more miraculous, you've made us to be able to be interdependent and work together. I thank you that the world does not depend upon me and my purpose, because that's a whole lot of humans and a whole lot of animals and plants and rocks and stuff. God, thank you, Lord, that we get to do this together. Will you give us grace, wisdom, and understanding to do so in a way that brings you glory so that as we live in whatever it is that you've designed us for, God, the world will give you praise for it. We trust you. We honor and thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.